0: You're tuned into the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig?
1: Welcome to another episode of Philly Bro Talk on the Playing with Balls podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Lee, coming at you from Santa Monica, California, which is where I'm recording. And my brother is coming from Lil T, uh, southern New Jersey, where he just bought a new house, and he's been taking a lot of naps. And uh, I took a nap today, too, because it is the 4th of July weekend, um, and I'm tired, and I'm a little bit hungover. So I've noticed as I'm in my 30s now it's a lot harder to go out and have a couple drinks and not be fucking hungover the next day. So it, it sounds like I'm sick and I have, like, a nasal problem. It's just because I had two glasses of red wine and three vodka sodas. So that's how that's going. I'm excited to do our second segment ever of Philly Bro Talk, and there's a ton of shit going on in Philly right now, so there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about. Right, T? Yeah,
0: there's a lot of things going on now. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially with the draft that just happened with the Sixers.
1: I know. I want to talk. fault I know. I'm excited. You know, they were doing a summer camp over the next couple days, so we'll get to see Fultz play.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. I was just watching a video of uh, Joel Humvee making fun of the, the young guys coming in. He's using, uh, like, a tactic to uh, talk trash while they're shooting. It was a pretty funny video.
1: Oh, I'll have to send that to me. I haven't seen it. So, how are you doing? I know. He's, like, one. Oh, I was going to say it's been hard to get you on the phone sorry I know we're talking Sixers Philly sports but I'm just happy to have you on the phone because you've been taking a lot of naps <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, literally every time you've called me recently I've been really sleeping so uh, mm-hmm. just we're doing a lot to the house so I'm like extremely tired but not too bad right now
1: so that's exciting you bought your first house with your girlfriend who yeah, I love man
0: it isn't until you start uh, realizing what all this cost is of doing what you want to do. But no, it's exciting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I know. Well, I actually, um, I am not a homeowner yet because I live in like one of the highest real estate markets in the country. So like when dad found out how much I was paying in rent once, he was like, shit, that's like double my mortgage in South Jersey to live in L.A. And you've been to my house. It's not that big.
0: It is, but the area you live in, it's just awesome.
1: Yeah, well, Santa Monica's kind of the shit. Callie likes it, Callie the Bulldog. Um, yeah, I, I was. Callie likes it. <laughs> yeah, well, she likes it, her big old butt. Um, she might be barking in, because you know how she gets sometimes. She likes to... Yeah,
0: I, she likes when I call, so she likes to start barking as soon as I start talking.
1: Well, she does love you, Uncle T. Um, she's, like, obsessed with you, and she's also... Like, I told her to get her own show, though. She should get her own show. Because it's not her turn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she definitely needs one. I actually think it would be a pretty entertaining show if she had one.
1: It would just be mostly her um, farting, snoring, and falling down when she tries to jump up on the couch.
0: (laughs) But that right there, that's a seller. I mean, who wants to, you know, not see a dog having fun, you know? I I know. know. Well,
1: it's fun for us because she's not very aerodynamic. You know, so it's, like, fail when her, like, little pork chop legs can't get up on the couch. She actually gets embarrassed and frustrated and starts barking at me as if it's my fault that I I created her short-ass legs.
0: Yeah, well, try uh, waking up to her, like, diving off the couch on top of your head. (laughs) I used to have that. That's happened to me a couple of times.
1: I know. Well, she hears your voice, and she gets all excited. She's like, Uncle T. (laughs) Um, you're gonna have to get a dog now for your new house. By the way, this house is very exciting. This this purchase of this house for you and for me, because now I have a room. I have somewhere to sleep. Because remember, the last time I came home, our sister kicked me out because she needs to get up at six o'clock in the morning. And you, me, and Carly slept vertically in your bed, and that and you were like frat house, so that was weird. <laughs> And fun. You're you the other person.
0: You forgot the other person. Ralph was in there too. He, oh Ralph.
1: Ralph is a half bulldog, half beagle. Is that what he is? And he's a little yeah. he's a little punk, that one.
0: He's a little asshole, but uh apparently he's like we got him or cheat or we got him for free, but apparently he's like a thousand dollar dog, which is Surprise. i don't
1: know who the hell would pay a thousand dollars for him <laughs> like it, you know yeah. i i would say um his owner it, uh he's ralph is definitely depreciated in value since the day he was purchased sorry ralph but he's uh he's cost he's cost a lot of money because he's like eating couch cushions and just like done dumb shit right but he lives in a house full of dudes yeah i mean we had a we had a
0: couch that we put in um My girlfriend's parents gave it to me, and it was in decent shape. It was, like, um, two months with him living on it. There's, like, three rips in the couch, and, like, all the cushions are always off because he likes to push them off. So, I mean, (laughs) you really can't have nice things with him.
1: I feel like he and Callie, though, would get along. They'd be, like, two mischiefs, just, like, having breathing problems as bulldogs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she's actually ever been introduced to another bulldog. Maybe that's what it is.
1: Well, maybe that, yeah, maybe he needs to, like, meet his match with Callie. I'm adjusting your volume here because you sound a little echoey. You don't have me on speaker, right?
0: I don't have your, No, I don't have you on speaker. Oh, it's it might al- be these, um... What? These vacant rooms that I'm walking through <laughs> right now of my house. I literally have no furniture in here.
1: Where you're just looking at all the things that you still have to do.
0: I'm like just, we just ripped up the carpet, and we're going to put hardwood floors down in the two rooms, so... I'm literally just like looking it over right now.
1: Well, fun stuff. Well, I was gonna say Philly bro talk's a cool like 30 minute mental break at least from all the stuff you have to do in your house. So over time, if Carly's ever like you gotta take out the trash, you can be like I'm doing Philly bro talk. I can't.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. That's literally what I'm gonna use now. I mean, <laughs> the best way to get out of it. It is.
1: House. It is. And I'm a little hungover today, so that's what I'm dealing with. So, you know, everybody's fighting an uphill battle. But I like the um, the talk about the Sixers just because all this stuff's been happening. Like, just recently, we picked up Redick. Yeah. We got Amir Johnson right after that. That's pretty cool. We paid a lot so, of money. Amir
0: Johnson's obviously exciting to me, but we needed another player of that caliber, like a defensive player. Um, so if somebody to call off the bench, I mean, Okafer is supposed to be that guy, but he's, he's, um, not been like what we dragged him as. Yeah. Um, but I am excited about JJ Reddick to come here. Yeah, me too. It's one year deal. So.
1: Well, and you know what? Um, I was, I was thinking about it. Like one of the, the moves I like with, I like the Johnson move with the Redick move too. And I mean, they they kind of paid him a lot, you know, for for what he is. I think he got what like ten, eleven. He got eleven million. It's kind of a steep price tag, because you know he's middling in productivity. But the Sixers do have some money to burn. What I do like about it, though, is something that you and I always talk about with our favorite player, number twenty. I think it, I think every conversation always goes back to Brian Dawkins, but it's about having that senior leadership. And so maybe like Johnson, for example, um, isn't going to be the most productive player on the team. And he's not like really being brought in though to take somebody's spot, but he is known and he was known when he was like on the Celtics as a voice in the locker room. So that's what I like. Like we kind of just bought some heart and we bought some leadership and we all know that you and I both know like sports is about money. Like, we didn't want to pay Dawkins, but what did we lose when we lost him? We lost a hell of a lot more than his physical capability. We lost the heart of our defense. We lost that leadership. So, I think it's like a, a risky move, but it's a great move to see like one of the Philadelphia teams actually paying for that. You know what I mean?
0: No, I think it's worth it. The reason why he got paid and they both got paid high. It's because the salary cap has gone up dramatically yeah. uh, last year
1: and then this year.
0: <laughs> So like, yeah, really, it, it has. Like, I uh, literally, uh, Steph Curry. I mean, he's deserving of a good contract. He just got the high. He's the highest paid basketball player I think ever. I believe now.
1: Steph Curry. Is, like yeah. Forty
0: million dollars a year. So. I mean, it's just because they have money to spend now, so it seems steep, but it's only, getting one year, and it's not going to diminish anything that we're trying to do here we have a bunch of young guys anyway, and we needed the leadership.
1: I agree with you, and I also think, you know, we've got all this raw, raw talent on the team, and a big part of why, you know, Colangelo is bringing them in is to, like, kind of smooth out the rough edges, like, coach them. You know, we don't have a lot of senior leadership. We've got, like... What is it, like, uh, I don't remember how many players. Um, I would say three-quarters of the players on the team have three years or less experience in the NBA.
0: Yeah, they're all young. I mean, most of the guys, you know, that are still on this team were pretty much draft picks that we got in the last three years. Um, So it's definitely a young group. But the good thing is, especially with this young group, um, there's, like, a lot of buzz that they – are actually starting to play as a team and, like, hanging out as a team. So, that's what's, like, the good thing about it. Like, the vibe just seems better. I don't know how good they're going to be, but they're, not, they're already talking the playoffs here.
1: I know. That's a little bold. I
0: don't know. It's funny. But, I mean, you never know, uh, especially with Paul George leaving the Pacers, there's, like, an open spot for that eighth spot. If mm-hmm. you have to go, like, a preseason. I know the season just ended, but I'm just saying – we could eventually, hopefully, sneak in, which would be cool. You know, we're not obviously there yet. Everybody's so young, but I mean, at least with the, it looks a lot better than recent years.
1: Yeah, and and I think it's the right move because the Sixers. I mean, how long have we been waiting for them to make a comeback, make the playoffs? You know, I mean, we haven't had a lot of thrills since like the Iverson era, and I feel like the message yeah, exactly from exactly. the from the Sixers franchise is like you know, we might be ready to contend this year They're We're not shelling out like massive, massive contracts, um, you know, but they're kind of saying we're willing to pay big money for the short term for respected veterans who can help teach the, you know, the talented youth how to be better and how to get to that, to that level and how to, you know, get from their teens to their twenties and add value consistently as NBA players and, um, I saw this quote earlier that I really love, which is one veteran presence cries out in the darkness to start a culture. So I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing them invest in a culture, which is so important. That's why I I love these moves and that they're making because, because paying for, for veterans that are not necessarily going to take them to the championship, well, especially with Johnson, but you know, Reddick's, Reddick's obviously, uh, shooting talent which is what we need it's we got all this talent with Holmes and Okafor and you know Fultz and Simmons and everybody else and I just think the the connection between the two and uh, to the point that you're talking about this camaraderie between the team I mean that's going to set a tone for the culture for years to come hopefully so yeah it's a little bold to be talking no. like playoffs but you know no I
0: think it's just excitement um, you definitely need a veteran leadership on the team. I mean, look at the two teams that were in the finals last year, Golden State and the Cavs. Are
1: there, there any other teams that are ever years. in the finals? <laughs> in the last, yeah, you know?
0: exactly. <laughs> in the last, like, 10 years, it feels like. It's only been three. I think that's a great but point, though. They had, yeah, they had uh, veteran leadership, like, all throughout the bench. Kyle Korver um, for the Cavs. I mean, uh, West for, you know... Golden State, it just helps the younger players develop better. I mean, they don't really need it as much, but it, it was from the beginning that this happened. And you can't just build a team with just young players. It needs veteran leadership. It needs to show you how to, like, go throughout a season. And then I think that's what we're starting to do, and that's that's a great sign. That means we're actually trying to – to start winning, I don't know about playoffs again, but we it might look like we can start winning soon as long as our players stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I, I, it makes me look forward to the season more. Wh- no matter what happens, I don't think you can be upset. You know, just like with the Flyers, like in the last couple years, like you can't necessarily be upset if they're not winning the Stanley Cup or they're not winning the championship or you know, even just to see them make the playoffs, like, I know I'm jumping teams, but you know when these when some of these teams are in rebuild mode and you agree with some of the decisions that they're making, then it's okay to, it's it's easier to accept that we might not be a playoff team, but if we're a, a worthy team and we're better than we were the year before, I think that's all you can really ask for. Yeah,
0: and, you know, especially the Flyers with the whole little rebuild that they've been doing, they just have the second pick over. Pick overall and they got Ryan Patrick, who's going to be like a day one starter. He just, he just, um he went through abdominal surgery, which it shouldn't be a big deal. But I mean, it just showed that we are starting to get players, you know, players that for the future for every team. The only team that
1: I, I think mm-hmm. is suffering
0: right now is the Phillies. Like, oh man,
1: yeah, dude, they're
0: not. Uh, they're looking really bad. Like our best player is a guy who nobody knew until this year uh, at Altair. And that's really it. That's all we have. Well, I know.
1: And like when we talked the last time on Philly bro talk, I was being a little bit overly optimistic. Like I, if you remember, I was like, yeah, I mean, we could, we could, Be okay. (laughs) We could be fine. It's because like I'm, I'm the type of person though. Like I'm so overly optimistic and literally until the roof is on fire. And I think for me, like in this past week, I'm like, okay, the roof's on fire. Our fucking pitching is atrocious. The hitting is completely underwhelming. Yeah, and we have a couple bright spots, but I mean, the Phillies are kind of a disgrace, and it's the truth, you Um, know.
0: They're nothing. they're starting to bring people up at least. They are. It's, it's it's terrible to watch. We went to the game uh, the other day because the tickets were literally like five dollars a ticket, and I I don't even remember actually watching the game because it's it you was were like drunk? literally it seemed like there was a thousand. Well, we were definitely drinking, obviously talking, <laughs> but <laughs> it was like it was a close game too. It was like one one going into the to so the nine, they only went to extra innings. And it was a game where we played the Cardinals and then the, the, the tenth inning happened and they 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 got eight runs on us. Like it's yeah. it's literally um the top of the tenth. Like they only need like two runs to win pretty much, but they got eight runs on us in one inning. So it's like, well, exactly what would happen if we get extra innings with the team.
1: Man, such a far fall from grace from like two thousand eight, you know? Like, it wasn't that long ago. Every year.
0: Every year got worse. I know. It sucks to say, watching it, it's, like, depressing. It's literally, like, we were at the peak in 2008, and every year they lost in the World Series, and they lost in that LCS. It's just, it's been, like, literally, like, a falling slope straight down, like, right on our faces to, to watch them play. It sucks.
1: I know. But, you know, I mean, if, again, me being the eternal optimist, there are a couple, um, you know, shining stars that are so, sort of like the Phillies of tomorrow, if you will. I mean, if there's anything you, we can hang our hat on, which it's not much, it's kind of scratching, it's kind of getting to the bottom of the barrel, but like we've got, you know, the one, the guy I was talking about last time that we got from high school, maniac Mickey maniac that's that dude, right?
0: Um, yeah, Mickey M- Moniac, Yeah. Moniac,
1: yeah, he's he's like tearing it up right now, like he's like, I think he was like our number one pick in, last year, yeah, and he, but he's in like single yeah, A, yeah, He's, like, a contact hitter. He's, like, his average is, like, 276 right now, which isn't bad. We've got uh Ryze Hoskins. We've got uh, – what's his name? uh Alfaro. Uh, I, is that how you say his name? Yeah, Alfaro, the catcher. Yep. Yeah, and he's been tearing it up in AAA. We've got Crawford in AAA. So, I mean, there is talent coming up, but I think it's, like, it kind of speaks to what we were talking about with, like, the Sixers, for example, where they've got a lot of talent, too. But they also are lacking leadership, and that's sort of what we just discussed, that we're, you know, uh, Sixers are paying for that. They're bringing in, you know, different dynamics that make a team work because it's not just about, like, your physical ability. Okay, cool, you have the technical skill down, but now you need to know how to be a part of a team. You have to have a good culture. You have to have good coaching. And ultimately, it goes back to the franchise. I really believe that. And I have had some questions about the Phillies franchise for a while now about the decisions that they're making. Yeah. You can pick up yeah, everybody just, in the world that's fucking good, but if you can't figure out how to put them together, coach the team right, you know, all yeah, that sort they of thing. Just
0: re-signed our, they just re our coach, too, which they did that earlier in the season, and then, like, literally it went downhill again from there. So I know. I, I understand, like, the thought process of the Phillies right now. I mean, we're like, this is, I thought we were a little bit more advanced at the time, like, you know, a little bit ahead of what we were, but we're really, literally at the beginning again, and it yeah. sucks because they're going to be back for probably a little bit now too. I don't, I, unless something like dramatic happens, we're going to probably be back for the next three years.
1: I love how you um, twice now. Do you know you've made up a word, and we're going to have to just use it from now on: dramatic and ger- and oh dramatically, because you're saying dramatic <laughs> and drastically. <laughs> So, um, you're right.
0: Dramastically, you know?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we got it. They, the they have to change things dramatically. You know, in the Phillies, uh, in the, the Phillies, where they have to change things, though, is, is, is at the top. I mean, they have to make different decisions. It's it just, it's like running a business, you know? I talk about this all the time. It's the same thing as running a business. You can have all the talent in the world and your employees, so to speak, which, would in this case would be players and coaches. Your managers would be your coaches. Your employees would be your players. But if you're leading the team in the wrong, if you're leading the team or the company in the wrong direction, it doesn't really matter. You're kind of squandering the talent that you do have, and I think that's what's happening with the Phillies. In my yeah, humble it, opinion, it doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter like how it's happening. It is definitely happening there, at least. In, but again, at least the Sixers are looking up, the Flyers are looking up, and then the Eagles. I mean, I feel like. They're going to make some noise this year um, with all the acquisitions we have. So they already just rated the Eagles' defense. Or, I'm sorry, the Eagles' offensive line as being one of the top offensive lines, yeah. which is great.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: we were we've been like middle of the pack or worse for the last whatever year, five or six years, and I think that's really hurt us.
1: Definitely. Well, we've, we've struggled at the line, and you know how important it is to have an offensive uh-huh. line, especially because, I mean, it's important anyway, but we don't have, you know, a quarterback that is running outside of the pocket like we did with, like, Vic, for example. You know what I mean? So it's even yeah, more important yeah. to protect the quarterback and protect Wentz. And we definitely have to talk about Green Beckham because we called that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And I, I knew it was eventually going to happen. I, didn't, I thought they would at least give him, like, at least a little bit more time to try to do better, but i, I they were tired of it. You know what? Go, so I'm happy about it. Me
1: too. Fuck that guy. He did the same thing when he was with the yeah. Titans. Like, you've got all the, this guy that's full of potential. He's a great player uh, in, in terms of, like, his capacity to play and physically and all that stuff. But he did the same thing with the Eagles that he did with the Titans, where he shows up you know for training camp and he has been given certain instructions like every player is and what they need to do um to get ready he's completely he doesn't do it he's completely out of shape he doesn't want to rise to the occasion he doesn't want to do the work and what pisses me off about that is you know think about how many players out there how many athletes like kill themselves to try to be a professional athlete and try to be in like the national football league with you know, so much harder of a work ethic. And then here you have this fucking dude who's like, not, he's in the National Football League now on two different teams, now left, you know, let go from two different teams. And he's got all the, you know, capability in the world and he doesn't show up. I mean, I don't have a respect for a guy like that, you know?
0: He's, you know, he's 6'5, six, 6'6, six, six, he runs a 4'5. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Seriously, like, i you have. The capability of just jumping over people, like it's a jump ball. You're taller than the qu- quarterback's, like literally yeah. five ten to six one. He has like oh. six inches on pretty much anybody he plays, and he can't jump over anybody.
1: And he doesn't want to. Like, I, I know. Don't understand? Because he doesn't want to do the work, oh. and you know, and we don't need a guy like that in Philadelphia, and or anywhere in oh. professional oh. sports. And I think it's gonna. I don't think he'll just get immediately. You know, picked up and started somewhere. I don't know what your thoughts are there, but I think you know his track record is oh. not going to make him very attractive.
0: He's gonna. He's probably going to go to the Browns. If I guess.
1: Where everybody goes to die.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, I, you know, if it actually happens, it's gonna last seriously. But um, now, his career to me is is if he keeps the same attitude. He's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to shine anywhere. So,
1: no. And if he does yeah, go to the Browns, happening. even if he doesn't go to the Browns, we should still do like a Browns episode where we're just like, everybody should just pack up and go on vacation, and then, and then we'll all be happy.
0: <laughs> well, seriously. well, I mean, I, the Browns are the best thing to talk about because no matter how much they try, they try so hard and they stink every single <laughs> yeah. year. So it doesn't really matter. You we know. can really talk about the Browns and how much they suffer like the rest of their lives, I know. the rest of our lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know.
0: And they're lost too. They'll probably move in. they'll probably move out of move out of that area sometime because they stink so bad.
1: Because they're brown and like poop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean even their name sucks. I mean, I, you know? Who wants to be the Browns?
0: Might, you know, I <laughs> I might be an Eagles fan, but if you're a Browns fan, I literally feel really bad for you. That's terrible. <laughs> like to go through that every year. Yeah. Especially how much I like football.
1: And listen, I don't feel that bad because oh, you, you got you got Cavs. You got a championship in basketball in 2016. You have LeBron. So, yeah, you know? Yeah. So we can talk shit on the Browns because you know they have LeBron. Even LeBron. You know,
0: you know LeBron wants to leave. leave.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I watched this movie once. Um, it's like, the I don't know. It's like, the, hold on. Callie, the motherfucking. Bulldog is barking at my neighbor. She's a little <laughs> stalker. She, like, no. jumps up on... I'm going to have to... I'm going to no. have to have a, go have a talk with her. Hold on, okay? We're having a talk. Oh, okay. So now you can hear silence because Kelly got in trouble. She's in timeout. Now she's trying to lick my hand and make it all better because that's what she does. But uh, I'm telling you, T, it was quiet as a fucking library in here all day. Everyone's being so well behaved. As soon as I get on the podcast, it's like every time. I, the last podcast well, I, I mean, did,
0: especially, I like that's what I'm saying. Especially when I'm on there, she loves to make some noise. I know, she hears she, my voice, and
1: then she wants to make some noise. She does. She does. She, like I said, she loves Uncle Tay. Um, but you know, there's like <laughs> she, gets, you know what? Well, we'll start doing a pre-call with you and her, so you can calm her down. That way, when we talk about Philly sports, she cannot chime in and act like Yo. she knows what the fuck she's talking about. She's never even been to Philly.
0: You yeah, we can have
1: a heart-to-heart. Yeah. Well, well, I think you should. Yeah. You know, talk her. You have a, a positive effect on her. Um, what were we talking about, Green Beckham? Oh, I don't remember. Eagles? I think,
0: well, I think we're talking about the Stinky Browns. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could definitely.
1: <laughs> oh, you said you heard even LeBron I mean, wants to move?
0: Yeah, well, I think after this year, his contract's up, and they're talking about him going somewhere else. Starting another super team because he wants to start. Super
1: teams, you know? Oh, I remember that's what I was idea. talking about. I thought maybe he wanted to leave just because Cleveland's kind of us, you know. It's, it's Cleveland. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not the Bahamas, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he went from Miami to Cleveland, so that's kind of depressing.
1: But yeah, you
0: know, he probably wants to leave again. He, he wants to go to LA. I know it. he wants to go to the Lakers and be one of those guys. <sighs>
1: Can't stand the Lakers. I just don't like the Lakers. I never have. I mean,
0: no, no, of course not. I, I it was all because of Kobe too. I know. I, mean, I like, I like Kobe, but like he's all trashing up the Philly fans and the area, even though he's from this area, um, which makes it worse. Left, so.
1: I know. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then he beats us. I know. Uh, in the finals, so you know, screw him. I know. Screw the
1: Lakers. I can't. I literally can't stand Kobe Bryant. I, you know, and I'm not just saying that because I am a Philly fan, but it is like, it, it does add insult to injury when you talk shit on Philly fans, and then you're actually from this area. You know, it's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, he. Uh, you
0: know, it's they. Uh, I do respect him
1: like the Browns skill,
0: but again Yeah, exactly, like the Browns. But um I do I definitely respect his skill, but like just the personality aspect of it is just you know, it's always been bad. I mean you know, whatever, screw him.
1: You whatever, know, he's stupid. And like he's a <laughs> shitty guy, like got caught cheating and you know, I'm sure it's I'm not I'm not saying that it's condoned that players cheat and stuff like that, but you know, like it's just he's just doesn't seem like the he's just not a great guy I don't know I just don't like him and you're right I'm a little no. bit or because of yeah, the no. you know the late 90s early 2000s era you know against when the, you know the Sixers were a hot team which is a time I miss um you know Iverson's playing in uh yeah. some league now I forget what it is really? it, yeah it's uh oh I, I'll have to find out what it is. It's it's not like a professional league, but it's a I mean he's still he's playing. It's like it's kinda like one of those N one leagues. It's not even called N one anymore. But you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I mean and with this crossover, I mean uh, he he had one of the sickest crossovers, you know. I know I always watch highlights on him. And that's the reason that's another reason why I can't like Kobe as much because of you know, he was a rough and rocket player, he came from Virginia, um, but he was dedicated so much of the sport that, like he, he gave his all. No matter who he was playing, he never sat out. You know, he every single game he tried his best to win. No matter what the like, you know, and town it, it was. Even if it wasn't just like a playoff game, or just like you know, the team is like how the Sixers have been lately, but. You know, he, he just tries his hardest every time in and out. He's a hard worker, and that's you know that's why we like him so much here too.
1: Yeah, and you know he gets a bad rap because of that that soundbite that he had uh, during one of the press conferences when he said practice. Why are we talking about practice? And people that don't know, it, it it goes back to this whole thing about how the media tries to shape Philly and Philly fans. And I think he bared the brunt of it. That soundbite has been blasted for years and years and years and for people that don't know they think that he was just some lazy player that didn't want to practice I swear that's what people think and even to this day and it's not even what happened he got a bad rap ever since then because he was just pissed because they lost that game and he's saying he's yelling at the reporters and he's saying why are you talking about dynamics of things that happened in practice why don't we talk about the game You know, and he got mad and that's all it was. But he gets a bad rap for that. And to your point, he's the exact opposite of a guy who didn't practice. He's the exact opposite of a green Beckham. He's type of guy. He like brought his all. And the other reason that I love Iverson is because like I love Philly uh, professional team sports teams because I'm, you know, I'm from there as do you. But nobody ever like made me love basketball just because like I'm from there. I love basketball because of him because I watched him play and he made me love basketball. He was my very first player that really was like, that in the NBA that really made, you know, of, of our era, that made me really, really appreciate and love the style that he brought because he brought a street style that you didn't really see that much of. And he was like a no-apology, scrappy-ass player. And you just, that's, that kind of player is very rare.
0: No, yeah, and going back to the whole practice thing, I believe somebody that he knew or something happened died that day, yeah. like somebody he loved so much. I think it was his buddy from back home. Yep. He like, and then the, the reporters asked him about like, you know, why didn't you show up to practice after again? Oh, the you're game right. That's lost. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was also because of the game they lost too. That had, you know, it just all added up. It was like. You know, like, why? Like, this happened in my, you know, in my...
1: Personal life. life. Like why are
0: you talking about practice? And everybody thinks it's because she doesn't practice. That's the dumbest thing I've I ever know. heard. It was nothing about practice. It was about an idiot reporter asking a stupid-ass question without actually doing research on him first. And, like, you know, because you if you watch a guy fight, it doesn't even, he doesn't even want, like, who cares if he practiced at all? He, every game, he goes out and scores 40 points, and he single-handedly wins the game. You know, with the cats, the players that, like, you know, you you can't even name any. Dikembe Matumbo like, you know, it was Philadelphia. Was I lost my
1: again, car. You know? Yeah, do you remember that when Mutombo, uh somebody stole his car and he got on the news and he was like, "Please help me find my car. I have to take my children to school." And it was the funniest thing. You know what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I actually did that. like Matumbo a lot. The playoffs,
0: too.
1: Yeah, I did, but no, I I'm totally with you on the. Um, on the Iverson thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was I think his buddy died and then he, there was also a period of time where his, his little daughter got really sick and he was um yeah, he missed yeah. some time. And you're right, and what it really boiled down to was bad journalism. And that bad journalism shaped exactly. his shaped him as a player in the minds of America who, you know, and people who don't either follow the sport but they know who Iverson is. And that was like uh, you know, something that it sucks because it's attached to his legacy and it's all from that fucking bad journalist who made that soundbite, um, ring in the ears of Americans and people, you know, all that are outside of Philly and he got a bad rap for it. And that's fucked up. You know, I don't know who that guy is, but I want to yeah, bitch lap him or girl. You know,
0: and it, it like, it kills me to see that because there's, it, you know, when they get attached to a certain story, like he's a guy from Virginia who, like, came up from nothing, and he's, like, a hoodlum, you know, the way he dresses, blah, 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 but, you know, they attach that to him, so now he's just a thug playing basketball, and that is not his no. nose, you know. Yeah, was he rough? He was rough and rugged a little bit. Yeah, you know, he had issues with certain things, you know. I mean, but nobody's perfect, obviously. Um, so, like, you know, again, he had his, the buddy who died. I think he was, like, killed with gunfire or something, I believe. So, I mean, he came up from a bad area, but, again... Him on the court was just something to watch. I mean, I love just watching his highlights, watching what he did. You know, he crossed over so many people. One of the most famous ones was Michael Jordan. I know it was Michael Jordan's, like, year's end of his career, but one of his most, like, really highlights, he's, uh, I believe, a rookie or second year, he comes in and uh, crosses over Michael Jordan, hits a three, like, right in his face. And it's just like, wow, this player is special. You know, he doesn't back down to nothing. You know, he he goes out there every single day and gives his heart just for a city. You know, for his, you know, he he, he understands, shows fans, and like what we're you know asking for. We want a certain style of player for every sport. We want like a certain way of going about it. Doesn't matter what sport it is, if it's basketball, football, it doesn't matter. You know, Chase Utley, he almost got beamed in the face, and then he goes up there and goes, cl- he crowd plate and then hits a hard run in the um, NLCS game. You know, we love yeah. those players because. They give it all, they give 110% every time they go out. They don't, they're not a Doreal Green Beckham who like cries about like not getting a pass thrown as way. Well. You know, they don't care. They'll work harder and harder. If they're not getting targeted for a certain way, they'll work harder just so they are relevant.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, Dorial. Doreal, however you say your first name. <laughs> well, now uh, it's finding some, Dory. Some finding him, Dory a some new some remember home.
0: remember him anyway. No, but you know
1: nobody cares about him. No, no, and but going back to the Iverson thing, as we wrap up here, yeah, there's there is a great documentary on him on um, ESPN. Uh, It's I forget what um, it's is it what is it thirty for thirty? It's like one of those documentary sports documentary. Uh,
0: Either either either
1: one, it it gives you his background and. It actually talks about how he's actually had a, he's kind of been handed a raw deal more than one time in his life. He was arrested when he was in high school and it is the complete um, result of racism, actually. He wasn't guilty. And he also was taken in by his coach so he could play for a better school. He, He was really brought, like he really was, you know, um, somebody who people tried to help him and he's a good guy and he he wasn't like he he was given a lot of opportunities because and he and he capitalized on him he didn't take him for granted and he he got handed a raw deal with like facing jail time for some sort of a fight that happened in a bowling alley or some shit it's re- it really makes you so angry when you watch it because you know unfortunately I'm just speaking a fact here, When I and not to get into the whole racism um, problem in America, but especially, you know, back then, you know, below the Mason-Dixon line, there's a higher level of racism, you know, in Virginia. And, and when you watch it, it actually will make you so mad about what happened with uh, the judge, the people who accused him. It was fucking bullshit. But he still made it to the NBA, so, you know... He still he still rose up. But that's yeah. why that practicing really pisses me off. Because it's like, come on, this guy's over, had to overcome so much adversity already. Like, it's so annoying.
0: And see that's like the prime example of never judge a book by his cover. I mean, if you don't know about the person, you know, give him this raw deal and everything. Like, you, you didn't know his background. And, like, you know, you don't know what actually he came. Like, he had to overcome just to get to this certain, like, point in his life. It's also, like, just how, like, Philly fans are. Like, people just judge the Philly fans a certain way, but they really don't understand or know the full story behind anything.
1: Yeah, and they just choose to know a couple things, a couple pieces of information, a couple sound bites, and then make a complete determination on an entire city or an entire fan base. And, you know, fuck them, because they don't know what they're talking about. But I be- I guarantee you, yeah. when we start winning more championships, which we will, and you and I will see more than one... In our lifetime um you know people will start front running but we'll have more uh we'll have more of those front runner fans which you always do but either way you know it we get a bad rap for it but it's the same it's the same thing with Iverson yeah it's it's a lack of education and it's just people hearing a couple things and just like that snowballs the Santa Claus story that it's like you know shut up go research the story and then figure out what you're talking yeah. about and then let's have a real conversation but until then like stop stop pretending like you know anything so on that note yeah that's how I feel
0: exactly you know I feel the same way then I mean, definitely search up the Snowballs at Santa Claus thing because nobody actually they always say it, they don't actually know what happened so it's funny that the like, Snowballs and Santa Claus story is like a big story for even the Eagles but yeah, honestly it's just a lack of
1: Education. Like
0: education on that part
1: yeah and you would have thrown snowballs at him too if you if that were uh if you were in that situation because he was drunk and he was he was being a drunk yeah, idiot it was a
0: guy it was a it was a guy who didn't show up for the santa claus part and then they they grab a drunk guy and put a t-shirt on him and a fake hat to go wheel him out there and start like literally look like a guy like a regular guy calling our face driving down like the middle of the field they thought it was a joke, and then we were losing so bad, so people were just like, you know, so us throw a snowball gun. So technically, nobody ever knew it was Santa Claus. The guy ever said that. He said, I would have thrown a snowball to me, <laughs> too. I can't believe they actually even went through with it. So. I know,
1: I because uh, it looked like he was mocking the fans when they were losing really bad. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. That guy's lucky he didn't get beat with a fucking tire iron. So on that note...
0: Yeah, I think anybody that- <laughs> Yeah, I think anybody in that situation would have done the same thing. So, you know,
1: whatever. Well, we'll continue on the conversation for the next Philly Bro Talk on uh, why you should stop hating on Philly fans, do your homework. And then on top of that, I'm sure there's going to be, like, more cool stuff happening in Philly. We didn't even get to talk about all of it on this one. So thanks for tuning in, everybody, to Philly Bro Talk. Thanks, Tyler, for taking time away Uh. from moving. And um, good luck with your house. I can't wait to see it.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You're welcome. Of
0: course. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. Well, I'll talk to you next time. All right. See you then. Bye. Tay? Yes. Say bye one more time.
0: All right. I'll see you later.